T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Big day tomorrow, 6 o'clock. Conference play begins inside the ACC. Miami and Pittsburgh. We'll have it for you here on QAM. Our pregame will begin at 5.30. Miami and Pittsburgh joining us now, University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. Coach O, good evening. Thanks for being with us. How are you? I'm doing good, Joe Z. How about you? So far, so good. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. We got a lot of things to talk about. Had a great win last week against Purdue. We'll get to that in a moment. Ran out of, uh, perhaps ran out of players on Saturday, but conference play starts tomorrow. Uh, here in the middle of December, so an exciting day tomorrow as Pittsburgh comes to town. Yeah, we kick off the uh, ACC regular season with the University of Pittsburgh, Jeff Capel, the former assistant at Duke, uh, former player at Duke, and, and an outstanding uh, head coach. He brings in his veteran team with uh, really a three-headed monster. Uh, Xavier, Xavier Johnson is a handful at the point guard position. He's playing great right now. Tony is their uh, small forward, left-handed gunslinger, can really shoot the ball and score the ball. And then the guy who's off to an incredible start to this season is Justin Champinney. And he's uh, had two 20-point, 20-rebound games. It's hard to get 20 rebounds in like three games. (laughs) He's gotten 40 rebounds in the last two. Yeah, you did a good job on him last year. He had eight points in the game uh, at Miami. He had nine points in the game at Pittsburgh. But he's a six-six player that really has come on strong for them. And uh, you mentioned Johnson. He's got a ton of experience. And then uh, on the defensive end, they're very active, aren't they? Very active hands, uh, hard-nosed man-to-man defense. Well, yeah, they play man-end zone. Uh, right, right now, Joe – just watching Pittsburgh, they really like to start the game in an aggressive fashion with their defense. Pick up full court, deny an inbounds pass, pressure the ball handler, make it difficult to get the offense started, take seven or eight or nine seconds to get the ball across midcourt. And after they do that for a while, then they switch to the zone. Last year, uh, up at their place, they switched to the zone with about four minutes to go. And it stifled us. And considering the way we've played 
these last two games, even though we won the Purdue game, which was a great win, and we scored 44 points in the second half, we were only one for 17 from three. And then against Florida Gulf Coast, who sat in the zone the whole time, we were one for 17 for three until a minute to go. Then we made two in a row. So we, at one point, went two for 34. I don't think I've ever had a team have a a drought like that before. Now, how do you manage that when you know your team is a better shooting team than that, but the threes aren't going down? Well, there's there's a number of things. First, Chris Lights is our go-to guy, and he's our best three-point shooter, and he's missed the last several games. So that's one thing. He's also the one that creates a lot of the threes for other guys. Cam Augusti's our second-best three-point shooter, and he got hurt in the start of the Gulf Coast game, and he had just made his first three. So the one of 17 – Cam was the one who made it. Now he was not in the lineup. Um, So we got got to hope that we shoot the ball better, whether it's man or zone. Uh, But I feel feel good uh, that we're going to – it looks like we're going to get Elijah Olani, uh, a a transfer from Stony Brook, who's a good three-point shooter. Uh, I'm expecting the NCAA to announce that – Transfers are immediately eligible, and that announcement will come at 5 o'clock, and he'll be on the court when the <laughs> tip-off at 6. <laughs> well, let's uh, <laughs> that'd be uh, that's, uh, so typical of the NCAA. But he, uh, Elijah's from, from Stony Brook, he had 18 20-point games. He's had 59 10-point games and seven double-doubles. He was a first-team uh, all uh, first team, all uh, America East uh, conference player. So this is a kid that comes in. He's six foot five and really gives you a veteran presence. Well, you know he's been practicing with us. The funny thing, he's been the opponent. <laughs> he's always been the star of of the team we're about to play. He hasn't been Miami in a couple of weeks. So yesterday we put him in the, the, the lineup as a Miami player running our offense. He knows the offenses. He just hasn't played with those guys quite as much as you would if, if, if you were in the lineup and in the rotation and playing uh, as a Miami player all the time. But I think he'll make a quick adjustment. He will be in the starting lineup. Uh, he will be matched up against Tony. So that's, that should be a, a pretty even matchup to start the game tomorrow. Yeah, Tony is a, a guy that is uh, from Alabama. He started this season with over 500 career points and over 300 career rebounds. How's the progress of Earl Timberlake? How is he doing in his rehab? You know, Earl has started practicing again and looks very good. Uh, we'd love to have him tomorrow night. He's still in the, the process of rehabbing his ankle and his shoulder. And uh, at some point, the, the biggest thing is we've got to get him in shape because he hadn't played in so long, Joe. His conditioning is bad. And when you have a sprained ankle and your foot is in a boot for five weeks, there's no running, there's no jogging, there's nothing until that bone heals. 
And so he's out of shape, but he practiced yesterday, he practiced today, and he looks darn good to me. Uh, you go into this game, as I look at your roster, and, and you're pretty short-handed. Uh, if Earl can play, that helps you out. But if you go in short-handed, how do you and your coaching staff, do you rehearse uh, in terms of trying to figure out what your matchups are going to be when you're only going to have six or seven players available? Well, the hardest the hardest thing is in preparation. You know, you you get to the point where here are the possibilities for tomorrow, for example. Matt Cross is dealing his right arm. He he's another one of our best three point shooters and he hasn't been able to even raise his right arm above his shoulder. So he probably not gonna have Matt Cross, not gonna have Chris Likes, not gonna have Cameron McGusty, not gonna have Rodney Miller. Not going to have Earl Timberlake. Not going to have Sam Wardenberg. So that's that's two, four, seven, six guys, and we only have twelve scholarship players. So the six scholarship players are Harlan Beverly will play the point, Isaiah Wong at the two. We're hoping uh, Elijah Olaniyi will be at the three. Anthony uh, Walker will be at the four. Nasir Brooks will be at the five. Dan Gack will back up the front court guys. And Willie Harrington, our, our walk-on, who's a great kid from Chicago, terrific student. Uh, he's going to be the backup on the perimeter. But, you know, I, I don't think Willie has 10 career points. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think you're right about that. Um, okay, so probably shorthanded tomorrow. Speaking of Dan Gack, I thought, I guess it was the Purdue game, I thought he came off the bench and really gave you a shot in the arm in that contest. And uh, wh- how is Dang his progress going on? Probably our most impactful defensive player with his health defense. His height, his length, he's got like a 7'3", 7'4", wingspan, and, and he was contesting shots. He was helping uh, Nasir Brooks guard the big guys. Um, so he was very impactful. Uh, unfortunately, uh, today he didn't practice because his knee was bothering him. You know, he's got those sore knees, Joe. He had surgery on one of them as a sophomore, had a surgery on the other one as a junior. So in, in Deng uh, Gak's case, he's only played in four years a total of 20 games. So it's it's really hard when you can't practice on a, a daily basis. He he practices about half the time, uh, but he can be a factor tomorrow night because of his length. And you know Pittsburgh is an absolutely tremendous offensive rebounding team. They're top ten in the country in that category. Champagny is is one of the best in the country. So having Dang give us another big guy uh, to rebound, you know, is, I'm very, very hopeful he's going to give us some quality minutes tomorrow night. By the way, if they pass the uh, transfer rule, do you think that means that Pittsburgh gets Nike Sabani eligible tomorrow? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure he's with them, you know, it, there's no classes right now. Everybody's on Christmas break. We don't come back to school second semester until January 24th. So uh, 
all teams are now, you know, traveling with all their players. And Nike is, is going to be eligible 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. He'll be on the court. And he's one heck of a scorer. He can really score the ball. We'll be, he's a, a very good – he could start at the two-guard position or be a great sub at the two-three. Yeah. He's a, a transfer, transfer for them from Miami of Ohio. This transfer rule, uh, this was something that you've been pretty passionate about, and uh, we've got opt-outs and this and that, and uh, the NCAA is kind of held things up here in terms of transfers. But this, uh, w- w- what are your thoughts on now if they pass this tomorrow at 5 o'clock? Well, here's the thing, Joe. I, I really don't understand how um, – uh, administrators who are on these committees who discuss what's best for the student athlete and then uh, do not allow uh, transfers to be eligible when it's my understanding, and I could be wrong about this, they're planning on making transfers eligible next year. So what's the wait? Why are we – uh, saying, okay, this year it's it's not a good rule, but next year it is. And that's how I look at things. If it's a good rule, put it in place and, and, and make it work. If it's not a good rule, don't even consider it. Why are we discussing this? And, but it's, it's my indication from all the rumors I'm hearing is they're going to make players ineligible. I mean, they're going to make them eligible uh, tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Well, I would have liked to have this on Saturday. We certainly could have used Elijah on Saturday against Florida Gulf Coast. When Cam Augustine went down, Rodney Miller went down. We're already without Chris Likes and Rodney Miller. That's four of our starters from last year. We had a veteran team coming into the season. Chris Likes, Cam Augustine, Sam Wardenberg, uh, Rodney Miller, and, and Isaiah Wong. They were our starters to end the year. They're all very capable of being healthy and playing, but only one of them is. So we would have loved to have the transfer rule get past last Friday and us have Elijah in the lineup. Yeah, you have almost as many guys out as you do available to play. No, it's exactly the same. Yeah, Six right. and six. Six and six, yeah. Right. In terms of scholarship players. Right. So you got to survive this Pittsburgh game, and then Jacksonville comes in on Saturday before you get a little bit of a break and then uh, go into conference play, uh, full conference play on December the 29th against Virginia Tech. Yeah, and, and uh, I think Clemson is actually playing Virginia Tech now, aren't they? I don't know if, uh-huh. if that game's t- tonight or tomorrow. But anyway, the point is that uh, Virginia Tech – has had some uh, very, very good wins. Uh, I, I think that that program, uh, like all ACC programs, very, very capable of, of going on a run and playing great basketball. Uh, Michael, Mike Young, their coach, is, is a terrific coach. He built a terrific program at Wofford. And uh, we had great battles with them. Joe, you remember last year's game oh, yeah. up there, triple overtime. Oh, yeah. Isaiah Wong was to the rescue. He had career highs in points and rebounds. 
32-27. Virginia Tech is leading Clemson at halftime. Yeah. Oh. And Clemson, isn't Clemson in the top 25 now? I believe they are. And the game's on ACC Network, so I, I don't know if you get ACC Network. Yeah, I don't get that. How about that? You know, Joe, I, here's what I, I want to tell you, and, and I hope our audience that's listening to this this show now. I I am a technology guy, even though my age would indicate that, you know, technology was something so new that, that you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But in 1997, when I became the head coach at George Mason University, I, I got every one of my coaches a computer. When cell phones became available, we all had cell phones. We, we bought a service uh, called Scoutware, which, which allowed us to uh, communicate with people via technology much different than anybody else. We had what was called Fast Draw, which was a basketball uh, X and O uh, technology. We've been using technology for the last 23 years. Back then, we had what was known as a VCR, and you had videotapes. And I would watch a game and be able to pause it, slow motion, fast forward, rewind, frame by frame. I have a smart TV now, Joe. I can't do any of that. (laughs) These smart TVs are dumb. They don't allow you to do the things. They don't look at it. All all of my games are on, on TV, and Jeff Dyer, who's my video guy, he can, he can send them to me, but I don't have the technology that I once had. I can't believe it. These TVs should be able I – can, I, can, I can pause it. I, I can go fast forward, but I can't go slow motion. I can't go frame by frame. No. I can't go rewind and stop it where I want to. It's, it's, uh, the technology is just not good enough for the way I scout opponents and the way I study our own players. I have to do a lot of stuff now. The funny thing is I can do it on my phone so I'll video one of our, our players, his jump shot, and break it down because my, my phone, I can video, I, I, I can slow-mo, I can go frame by frame, I can go rewind. I can't do it on my dumb TV. <laughs> well... I don't know. I'll have to hook you up with something else. I'm not sure what it could be. Uh, but, but before I let you go, I did want to go back for a moment to Purdue because I do think that was uh, such a great win, a come-from-behind win. It kind of reminded me of the Richmond game in the NIT a couple of years ago. But uh, uh, I, did you go through your Rolodex of, of adjustments during the course of the game? Can you take us through that one, how you were able to get Miami back on a road to victory? You know, it's funny, Joe. Um there weren't a lot of adjustments to make. Just, just a, a very, very simple message to the players. Uh, Purdue played man to man for forty minutes mm-hmm. in the first half. We hadn't played against man to man because our first first two games uh, against uh, Stetson and North Florida, they played zone. 
And, and so Purdue was the first man-to-man team we had played, and they were so big inside. And the scouting report basically that we shared with the players was, hey, we got to make threes because these guys pack it in and they got so many big guys. We're going to have to make at least 10 threes tonight. And then in the first half, when we could not buy a three, uh, we were rushing and taking some ill-advised shots. And at halftime, all, all we told the team was, hey, we, we need to be a little bit more uh, team-oriented. Just share the ball a little more effortlessly and, and start fast-breaking more. We were, not, we were playing a little bit too conservatively, and we were bogging down at the offensive end. We only had 14 points at halftime. But we ran off 44 points in the second half. And our defense was great. We held them to 22 points. Our interior defense was terrific. Our interior offense got their big guys in foul trouble. Both their big guys fouled out. Uh, and we were able to get to the foul line a bunch. So I was very, very pleased with the tremendous team effort. A number of guys in double figures. Uh, uh, like Harlan Beverly was rebounding like crazy. Isaiah Wong was rebounding like crazy. So we limited their their uh, second shot attempts. And that's what's going to be the key tomorrow night, Joe. Pittsburgh, top ten in the country in offensive rebounds. Our guards have, have, to, have to rebound. Well, I'm going to cross my fingers that tomorrow at 5 o'clock, Elijah Olani is eligible to play and look forward to that. And uh, I'll talk to you before the game tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. This has been a lot of fun. All right, Joe. Thanks. Okay, that's uh, University of Miami head coach Jim Laraniga joining us. And tomorrow we have Miami and uh, Pittsburgh basketball, 6 o'clock here on QAM 530 with the pregame show. Katie Meyer coming up next. First, let me talk to you about Williamson Cadillac, a part of Miami's unique community for over 52 years. And Williamson Cadillac serves this community with the same essence that represents the people who live here because Williamson is Miami. It's the holidays, so if you are in the mood, if you are looking for the perfect ride for you, May I suggest Williamson Cadillac? And you can go to Williamson Cadillac, conveniently located at US 1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto Expressway. You can view their entire lineup online at WilliamsonCadillac.com. That lineup includes the CT Sedan Series, dedicated to performance, the XT Crossover Series, engineered to stand out, or, of course, the original icon, the Cadillac Escalade. Williamson Cadillac is your premier luxury dealership. Ed Williamson has been doing this for over 50 years in South Florida. Nobody knows more about customer service than Ed Williamson, well known for his integrity and honesty. Williamson Cadillac. Williamson is Miami. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Tomorrow night, Miami and Pittsburgh, ACC Basketball. First ACC conference game of the year. Only one more non-conference game. We'll be on the air tomorrow at 5.30 here on QAM. 6 o'clock tip-off from the Watsco Center. Saturday, Jacksonville and Miami tip-off 
is at 3.30. We'll be on the air at 3 o'clock. And then on December the 29th, this should be interesting. A lot of projections have the University of Miami football team playing in the bowl game in Orlando, the Cheez-It Bowl. If that comes to fruition, kickoff is at 5.30. Miami plays basketball that night at 6 o'clock against Virginia Tech. So we'll have two games going on at the same time, and that would round out the 2020 season. That would be the last event for 2020 before uh, picking things back up on January the 2nd for conference basketball against Clemson. 2020 has not been the best year of our lives, so our last event could be uh, football and basketball on the 29th. We'll see on Sunday. We'll find out about football. It looks like Miami will play a bowl game in Florida. So either Orlando or Jacksonville. The Gator Bowl is January the 2nd. The Cheez-It Bowl is the 29th. It would appear unlikely. Uh, the Orange Bowl. Miami's 18 in the college football playoff. North Carolina only moved up uh, a couple of spots. Carolina, I think, is uh, 15 now in the uh, college football playoffs. So they, they move up a little bit uh, in front of Miami. So uh, we'll be on the air tomorrow with basketball at 5.30. Six teams in the top 25 from the ACC, Notre Dame, Clemson, Carolina, Miami, and North Carolina State. Uh, they're all in the top 25. All right, all right, when we come back, we'll talk with Katie Meyer. They had a big win yesterday against North Carolina. So Katie Meyer joins us next on the Hurricane Hotline. You know, reinvent ourselves a little bit, and um, those are really fun wins as a coach when your team just battles and and doesn't stress and just keeps playing hard. When you uh, get that kind of win, also, and and everybody gets involved, uh, it's got to be a real sense of joy and, and relief as well. Yeah, I, I, afterwards, I think they were just so tired <laughs> they didn't even really celebrate, and uh, you know, it was sort of a strange set of circumstances leading up to the game and everybody was just a little bit exhausted and you can hear it in my voice as well um but compliments to my staff and my team for just refocusing and getting ready for north carolina instead of duke uh, you know within a 10-hour period it was crazy yeah. well i have a couple of questions about that number one before we get to the change in the schedule just getting an acc win under these conditions that's one you got a long way to go but for you personally uh, it had to be kind of a, an extraordinary win considering the time that we're in. Yeah, and, and also just when you realize that um, you're, you're trying to just create opportunities, you know, and, and in every adversity there's an opportunity and this, you know, whole climate right now, there's a lot of things that are going to be hard and inconvenient. They're just going to be hard and it's going to be inconvenient. It's hard to stay at home. It's inconvenient to wear a mask. You can just, the list goes on and on. And so when you can find an opportunity in all of it, um, instead of complaining about it, um, we're going to take that. And that's, I think, what we did. So I think even the North Carolina coach, we talked after the game and we're friends, so we were texting and both of us got a lot out of the game. I mean, it was much better than a practice and it was win or lose. Uh, both teams got a lot better and, and that's the opportunity. And so that's how we are approaching it. Well, I've said this before. <laughs> I don't think anybody is better at making adjustments than – those that are involved in sports, because that's what your life revolves around, making an adjustment. And so you you had to make one this week. You're going to play Duke? Nope, we're not playing Duke. Guess what? You're going to play North Carolina. What was that like? 
crazy. Um, and I think mainly because um, it's hard enough. I mean, one of the hardest things about the way our schedule falls out is you play on a Thursday night. We had the later Thursday night slot. Um, and depending on what time you practice on Fridays, that's a tough turnaround because you play again Sunday early normally, like Sunday at 1, Sunday at noon. And so the Thursday night till Friday after practice as a head coach, you're, get, you're, you're watching your team and your performance on Thursday, getting your stuff ready for that, and then turning around your next opponent. So I had turned around Duke. I had watched us against Syracuse with a lot of notes, a lot of comments, and then crushed it to get ready for Duke and didn't find out it wasn't Duke until after practice, after dinner, after you know a shower Friday night at about 11 o'clock. So that's what gets nuts because it was hard enough to do whether to get ready for Duke, but then to have to reassign a scout and whatever. So it was, it was crazy, but um, you know, you're used to it a little bit in the NCAA, but you kind of have an idea of who you might play and, you know, or in tournaments and multi-tier events, but this was really out there. That was really random, but it was great. I'm so glad we played the game. Is it a situation where you just have to say, okay, this is 2020, another curveball, and that's why it's important to make sure that, we're good at what we do. Yeah, and that's funny because it carries over to our preparation for Georgia Tech right now and, and whether or not we have Louisville coming up after that, which is still a little bit of an unknown. So we are just come what may day by day. Um, there's no sense in, in looking too far forward or regretting too much stuff. So I'm just trying to be the best version of, of myself and, and push my players so today – uh, we really worked on Miami regardless. I spent most of my mental energy um, after our game yesterday and last night working on what we need to fix because we just got to know what we're doing. Um, and that's that's it. I mean, and that's a good lesson as a coach and um, keep be real fundamental and work on uh, our, our certainty. And then we'll adjust a little bit to the opponents, but it's just not a year to over-scout and over-game uh, over plan. The, the individual accolades, Destiny Harden, uh, Double-double, 20 points, 12 rebounds, first 20-point game of her career, and she's really played well for you so far this season. Wow. she's she's. I literally made up two plays in the middle of the game because things have shifted so much on our team. You know, Rihanna Jackson was really limited yesterday. We started Sydney Roby, which, you know, she's very good, and then she's in foul trouble. So it, it, you go into the game thinking you have Bree and Sid. You come, you're two minutes, three minutes into the game going, well, I don't really have either, right? And so to make the adjustments on the fly there. So now we've got Naomi and Nyunga who are playing out of their minds, but that shifts us. If there are four and our five, it shifts us to a completely different physicality and, and offensive set and it, within all that Destiny Harden became the go-to player rather than the Kelsey Marshall which I've been calling for so in the middle of the game I literally made up two plays draw them up and said to the team can you run this because we got to post up Destiny or can you run this because the, of the post combinations we had and they did and I mean we scored on huge possessions on both of the plays so you talk about adjustments you talk about your kids just nodding their head and giving you the confidence um, it was a lot of fun Destiny came through you know, that brings up a, a topic that I might get to later on with you. Uh, you just put something in my head. But uh, a three-point shot is a really nice weapon to have in college basketball. That was a good weapon for you. Nine threes in the game by five different players. Yeah, and that's the team we need to be. So as, as we've talked about before with the loss of Mykia, um and now actually in the loss of Kansas Song, which I hope we get back at some point this year, we're, we're, we're riding a different – 
you know, we're point guardless and Taylor Mason stepping up and Indian Banks is stepping up and we're doing some different stuff, but it has to be the stretch players, our stretch three, four players that extend the court and shoot some threes. And as I did the analytics this morning and presented to the team, we're at almost one point per shot from the three in our two ACC games. And we're below that from the two. Mm. Um, so we, you know, if we have 10 threes, we're going to get 10 points. If we have 10 twos, we're not getting, we're not even getting eights. So really the threes outperforming the two right now. And until our two percentage comes up, I'm going to ride the analytics and, 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 and be happy with us making nine, 10, 11, 12 threes, because that's been our best weapon. You're, you're exactly right. Uh, you mentioned uh, getting ready for Georgia Tech, your next opponent, Thursday on ACC Network at 7 p.m. You're 17-15 all-time against Georgia Tech, and those games are always or always seem to be a real battle royale. Yeah, they are, uh, you know, I got a chance to turn that around today and Coach Blue did a great job with the scout getting me ready, but uh, it's, they are the most efficient team in the league. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I, I think they really got underestimated in, in, the, in the preseason voting because they have a real maturity to them. Um, they have a couple players. Some teams are playing a little bit disjointed and a little bit flat and whatever, and then teams that have great leaders in the locker room seem to be playing extremely well early. You know, And, and as the season flows, we'll see about adjustments and adversity and all that other stuff. But right now, in terms of playing well early and out the gates playing like really high level basketball georgia tech's on it they are great um they got a great combination of guards and posts but the physicality that they play with is something we haven't played against this year i mean syracuse was big and north carolina was big but i'm telling you every player on the court for georgia tech is physical we have not shown the physicality we have not shown ability to finish at the rim um and they are one of the toughest teams in the country they don't give up the rim. They're going to stay between you and the basket. So we might have to have some real special performances, and then we might have to shoot over them a little bit um, to keep this game, you know, winnable because they, they really are playing at a very, very high level. But um, it's a good challenge for us because now we'll make some more adjustments and add some new wrinkles and, and really um, see what our what new looks we can bring. Also looking through the periscope, you can see Louisville, and I know you've got great respect for their coach. He has great respect for you. You've had some great games against Louisville. Yeah, we have, and 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 I mean, it's it's a situation right now where they had to postpone their they're on a shutdown with some positive tests, and will probably be their first game. Um, you know, and and that's still a little bit up in the air. So, but uh, they. That's why we ended up with the North Carolina game instead of the Duke game because of the Duke Louisville situation. So it's just crazy. But uh, I've been talking to Coach Walls um, every day, every day this week, uh, just staying in touch. And and um, so, but he's 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 just a brilliant coach. And I, I mean, we have the same philosophy in terms of coaching our players hard, player development, and telling, speaking the truth, and getting after them. And but they know you love them, and uh, he, he's done a great job. His team is really really special this year, and he's trying to get every game he can possibly play uh, because they have Final Four potential. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to going up there and, 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 and matching wits. It's, it's a lot of fun to coach against him. A couple of other uh, items in college basketball uh, coming up for the women. It was announced that the entire NCAA tournament will be at one site in San Antonio. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, you know, that – that was coming because of the men's announcement. And I think that's absolutely necessary. And uh, thank God that someone would step up and host it because that's the only way to get it done. I mean, you know, let's not make everything even more hard and even more inconvenient. Let's simplify what we can. So a great move. 
And then we got a pretty good dose of this from Coach L, but uh, the NCAA is voting tomorrow to grant the waiver to make all transfers eligible this season. Uh, where do you stand on that one? Yeah, I'm with Coach L. I mean, I'm all for it. Um, I'm all for it. And I think, you know, I, I hope people understand what he was voicing was support of the vote and, and, and just, you know, it just became something that was a little bit lower on the to-do list and a priority list than it needed to be. Uh, no blame, no pointing fingers. I'll, I'll, I'll take a yes if we get one because Carla Arivitz is special and we need her. And so I hope that it's a positive yes. At the same time, you got you just kind of wonder, like, with everything that was going on, could someone have run this up the flagpole a little sooner? Mm-hmm. And I understand that that was, that was the situation. But, listen, at this point in the season, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, you know, you don't, you're losing kids and you're on pauses and you're missing games. And um, if somebody wants to play, um, we need to, you know, just like our North Carolina and, and Miami game, you know, we had a choice at some point. Do you want to play? Or do you, are you gonna, we said, yes, we want to play. So if, if we want to play games, let's get everybody, all bodies on board, all hands on deck. Let's go. Isn't that what we're all supposed to be doing right now? Isn't that the message for uh, COVID? It's all hands on deck. And if you were to apply that into the sports world and at the same time trying to protect those that don't want, you know, there are those that want to stay home or not play or whatever the case might be. But for those that want to be involved, let's go. Right. And, and, and we're, we're in a situation, too, you know, just talking about, you know, what if scenarios and every what if scenario. The first question is, as long as it's safe this is my answer. As long as it's safe, this is my answer. I mean, that's how you answer everything at the same time on Friday night at 11 o'clock. It was as long as both teams are ready to go, we can get a game. If you can play a game, you play it. And it worked out really, really well for both teams. And same thing with officials, you know, like they're, you know, what if an official is positive? Well, we're going to play the game. my, My perspective is you have to sort of not get involved in any gamesmanship as a coach or as an administration or as a, oh, well, we can play them right now, but we don't want to play them later. It's not like that. You wake up, you have a game on your schedule. It's an opportunity to get better. You always get better in a game than you do in practice. Our players are hungry. We have a lot of developing to do. So we're going to always vote yes as long as it's safe. I got to toss this at you as a conversation before we wrap up, and maybe some moms and dads are are listening. And earlier you said you drew up two plays, and you asked your team, can we run this? And my buddies and I were having this conversation the other day about sports today. And we said that, you know, uh, us as Neanderthals, when we were kids, we played a lot of pickup, pickup football, pickup basketball, and you made up your plays, and it helped you. It, it helped you make – and I said, I'm not sure if a coach today rolled the ball out on the floor or put it in the middle of the field if kids would understand where to go without marching orders. So I guess my question is, would they and do they? Or is basketball or sports today something they play but not observe? You know, it, it, that's such a great thing. We could spend an hour on it. But I'll give you an example in practice today. 
because I agree with you 100%. And I think we're spoon feeding a little bit too much to these athletes. Uh, I love my players. I love them. I do anything for them, but I, what I won't do is tell them an untruth. Like I won't say you're playing great just to get them confident when they're not playing great. I'm not going to do that. That is the number one sin of a coach. You don't want to build fake confidence. The other thing I won't do to them is do everything for them. I mean, they, they've got to have when they, when they walk across that stage and they have their degree, their shoulders are back. My players are going to win that job interview because they have done things for themselves. They're going to outperform people because they have made their own decisions and they've been yelled at and they've been said no to, and they've risen up and they've responded and they've stepped up. Right. So when I asked that question in the game, I really wanted to know, and I really needed to know, and, and they understand that. But at the same time, there's a certain level of, um, robotic behavior that comes from, well, what I could just do is show up and all I got to do is show up and, and, and listen. And then and do, if the paper's 10 pages and do Wednesday, I do 10 pages handed in Wednesday. Uh, and I believe you should do 12 pages and hand it in on Monday. So not meeting the requirements is just not enough in the world to separate yourself. So there has to be some type of an insert of accountability, insert of your own ambition, insert of your own initiative. And that's where um, I, I really feel like today with Carla, who we don't even know if she can play on Thursday, but when I'm working her in and she said, can we go over to plays coach? And I said, Carla, play to your instincts because they're high level. So don't worry about the plays. Like I promise you, you get in this situation my place play to the instincts of the players. I am not a play driven coach. I'm a space and reads driven coach. You don't even have to worry about whether you know the player or not. You'll do the right thing. You'll make the right read. You will figure out if one side's overloaded that you should back cut and, and fire and move out to the other side. You'll get it. And she does. And so that's what's the beauty of uh, kind of a flow system is that players can play to their instincts. Yeah. I think uh, sometimes when you have all those, uh, all, this goes to, to, to the optimist leagues and the travel leagues and all those things. Well before they get to you, there's a loss of creativity because it's so structured. And I think you gain creativity when you got to figure it out in the street and you're playing five on Listen five. Listen to Hawk and Crowder game. weekday afternoons beginning at right. 2 and here I, on I The mean, Joe. You never know what you're going to get. AM 560, FM 96.5 HD2, The Joe, WQAM, and streaming on the radio.com app. yelling and we're like really animated, it's because I'm like, somebody tell me the matchup they can win. Like somebody tell me who you can take off the bounce. Like talk to me. And this is where my intensity comes because I really want them to come up with the ideas. And that with Kelsey Marshall last night in the game, she was struggling a little bit in terms of her shooting percentage. But man, was she talking to me about saying, coach, you know, destiny has this Carolina or we can do this or whatever. And that's what I love. And those are the moments where no matter how bad our shooting percentage is, we're thinking, we're executing, we're creating, and we're playing as a unit. So it was a lot of fun. Well, we always love talking with you, Coach. Thank you so much for taking the time. That was a fun topic, one maybe we'll uh, pounce on later on in the year. But you've got other – we got a lot of time to talk about that one, Joe. Happy yeah. holidays, everybody. All right, Coach. Thank you. We, uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, that's right. University of Miami head coach Katie Meyer, and uh, we'll continue. Thank you, for Katie Meyer, for being with us, and thank you for joining us on the show. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.